You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll talk to you about health and everything that goes along with it. Food, nutrition, lifestyle, diet, exercise, sleep, training, drugs, supplements, disease, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. I've got a few things. Kim, how are you doing this week? Uh, oh, perfect, Kevin. How about you? Good, good. Busy, but good. So, uh, mm-hmm. You know, being this busy gives me lots of opportunities to work on the uh, adrenal fatigue issue. So I, mm-hmm. I just keep myself in adrenal fatigue until I figure out what fixes it. Oh, <laughs> How are your um, your heart rate variability stuff going how are you where are you at with that you know what i'm finding is that it is it is so accurate in a weird way like it Mm -hmm. it measures so many different things the one that gets me and i i keep meaning um, i've tried to read on this and i haven't found anything but i do have a contact um, at the company that makes one of the apps and i'm going to call her back because i want to ask her about this i've talked to her once before about doing a custom app, which we may do at some point in the future. But I, I, she is kind of the scientist behind the app and how they're measuring heart rate variability with the device and you know all the different readings you get. The one that just seems so bizarre to me, but I'm finding that it's pretty darn accurate. They actually measure something that has a strong correlation to your willpower. Wow, I wonder what that, I wonder how, how? That's what I, but you get a chart every day that shows where your willpower is. And the funny thing is it can be off the charts good one day. Like, you know, today is the day. If you need to get hard stuff done, do it today. Or your willpower has dropped through the bottom. And, you know, today you should focus on less, less strenuous, less, less taxing things. Um, you know, don't try to take on big projects on a day like that and just be aware that your, your willpower is down. And, and the interesting thing we now know about willpower, we used to believe that you either had it or you didn't, you either used it or you didn't. And if you didn't, you were just lazy. And that's not true. Now we know that willpower is exactly like a muscle. You have to build the strength and the endurance into the muscle. You know, you you can't just say, I'm going to go out and run a marathon tomorrow. Your body can't do that. It's not physically capable, but you could train over time to run a marathon or to lift, you know, deadlift 300 pounds, 10 times. The average person is not going to be able to do that unless they train for it. And willpower is the same thing. We can train our willpower and grow it over time. And the other thing we know, just like a muscle every day, you only have a limited amount. It, it, again, if you train to run one marathon in a day, 
you're not going to be able to run three. That you, you just can't do it. The same with willpower. As we use our willpower throughout the day, we deplete it. And, you know, you can see lots of examples of this. If you've ever, you know, had a really strenuous day and then there's some food you know you shouldn't eat or, you know, another glass of wine or whatever it is, we tend to, to go for that you know, when we've had one of those really bad days, we call it comfort food, even, you know, yeah. I, it's been such a bad day, I need comfort. Well, that's part of the fact that your willpower, you've depleted it for the day. And it's really interesting that this app can actually measure that. And it's pretty darn accurate. On those days when mine drops completely, and today was one of them, I, I was so low on the willpower thing. So, you know, I'll structure my day to do those kind of mindless tasks, things I just need to get done. They don't require a lot of creativity, um, it, cleaning up some stuff and work and that kind of thing. Because I know, I've done this enough now, I know on one of these days, if I try working on a lot of writing or a lot of creating, I, I'm just going to get frustrated. I get distracted easy. On the other hand, when it's off the charts, it, and yesterday it was. I mean, that's how quick it changes, too, and I'm not even sure why. I got a pretty good night's sleep last night. I ate good yesterday, um, but it was a very stressful day because my willpower was up, and I had a, a, a long day. I got up really early yesterday, like 4.30, worked on the course all day, which is hard work for me. You and I had a bunch of two-on-ones. I had a big meeting with truckstop.com. And by the end of the day, I was just toast. And, and that carried over into today. So it, it's really mm -hmm. an interesting, um, again, I'm not sure what they're, they're reading in all of this information that, that determines that, but it seems to be pretty accurate. And, and I've even, what I've done in order to make sure this isn't the placebo effect, because our mind is pretty powerful. Right. You tell that's, them that's they're going to have a good wondering. day. Yeah, they might have a good day. Tell them they're going to have a bad day. They might have a bad day. So I will go three or four or five days sometimes without syncing my device. And if I don't sync it, I can't see the readings, but they store in there. So then I can go back and look on, on days so that I didn't know it ahead of time. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I think you would have to, that's the first thing that came to my mind, you know, that if that number showed, I would just think, oh, okay, you know, but again, <laughs> yeah. if you have that, and it was a shift in me too with numbers to look at it as information and take it as a whole instead of just putting everything on the number, you know, and get, and get fat when you talk about that, get fascinated with it and see how it correlates with everything. So um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, something else I wanted to talk about, and I posted this article on uh, Facebook if anybody wants to go read it. It's on my page and in the Destination Health group. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't joined our group on Destination Health, please join. Um, we have, Kim, you and I post in there quite a bit, but we have, you know, people in that group that post awesome stuff. I find all kinds of cool things that other people post. Yeah, yeah. So head and on over. Than to, I am, and you are too. So yeah, they're yeah. 
I haven't been able to get yeah. out there and post much. I love our tribe. They just share such yeah. great information. So th what I posted, and we've talked about this, but I've, I've also said in the past that it's very hard to find information on this. And it's what we refer to as the dawn effect. And mm -hmm. people on keto can get a little freaked out about this. I got very freaked out. So prior to going keto, I had no blood sugar issues at all. Uh, my blood sugar was steady. Um, so when I went keto and started checking my blood sugar early on, it was really good, like 70s and 80s almost all the time. And I thought, well, that's good, but mine had been pretty normal anyway. And I still check it. Three years later, I check all the time. Well, about, I don't remember, it might have been about six or eight months into keto in the beginning. And I hadn't checked my blood sugar in a couple months. And I got up one morning and I checked it and it was like 115. And I hadn't mm -hmm. eaten any fasting blood sugar. And I kind of freaked out and I thought, well, maybe it's just a bad reading. So I tried again. It was like 113. So it was really accurate. And I started checking every morning and I was always in the 90s or 100s and even occasionally in the, you know, 115 range, which if you look at the charts, that would be considered pre-diabetic. And I freaked out. I thought, wait a minute, my blood sugar used to be really normal and now I'm pre-diabetic. How can that even happen? So I did some research back then and we've talked about it. It is called the Dawn Effects, but there was very little information. The article I posted today gives like five really good reasons why this happens. And it's actually a really good thing. So after reading this art, because mine is still, I still average mid to high 90s every morning, which is creeping up towards pre-diabetes if you use the standard method of looking at it. But it's a lot like cholesterol. You know, the, the, the medical community has their, their guidelines and their charts. And, you know, if you read enough, you realize they create those guidelines to sell drugs. They are always pushing to get the cholesterol number lowered as to when you should go on a statin. They're pushing to get the blood sugar numbers lower so they can put you on a diabetic medication sooner. So it's interesting that the functional medicine community is now creating, using the same numbers, creating new guidelines and different ways of looking at them. And this is one. I'll talk about that a little bit more uh, when we get back from this break. And... Then we'll get to some of your calls and questions. Kim, we'll see if you want to open with anything today. We'll be right back. Stick around. Kevin Rothbard.
welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Um, so, Kim, the, it was a really interesting read about all the different mm -hmm. reasons why this happens. But one of them that really kind of stuck out that they they realize now this is actually a really good thing. So diabetes, you know, we always refer to it as too much sugar in the blood. But if we dig further down to the reason why it's there, well, first off, it's there because you ate too much of it. But second, it's there because you have become insulin resistant. And what that means is insulin is kind of the key that opens up the cell and allows the sugar in so your cell can use that sugar for energy. And that happens all over your body. But over decades of eating too many carbs, too many sugars, your, your cells, just like they can become resistant to a drug, become resistant to insulin. And they say, look, no more. We, we don't mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. any more sugar. And then that's why it stays in your bloodstream and that's where it does all the damage. So diabetes is really a problem of insulin resistance. You've built up a tolerance to insulin and your body just can't use it properly anymore. This Dawn effect is the exact opposite. The cells are technically insulin resistant but the reason they don't want to take in that blood sugar is because they prefer fat for fuel. So they stop accepting some of that blood sugar. Now, if you're on keto, you're not eating a lot of it. So you're not going to get those crazy high blood sugar numbers, but you will get those higher numbers in the morning. And if you're truly fat adapted, what you'll see is your numbers actually go down all day long. Your first reading in the morning is your highest, and that's exactly what happens to me. Even when I eat, my blood sugar actually goes down. But part of it is your liver producing some glucose to kind of wake you up and get you started for the day. And, and it's small amounts, you know, 90, 100. You're doing no damage whatsoever at that point. It's just a weird phenomenon, and we're starting to understand it more. But I thought that was interesting that – the the cells actually become insulin resistant, but in a very good way. They're just saying, look, we, we really don't want the sugar. We prefer to burn fat. Yeah, which is exactly what we hope happens. And that's why it's cool to see if, if we know we're in that fat adapted state, but then to take your fasting blood glucose in with a grain of salt. Yeah, and, and, and where you really where you really need to be careful is if you're going to a doctor. And they mm -hmm, see this mm -hmm. yeah. because they won't understand. Now, the other thing that you can do, if the doctor ever says, look, your fasting blood glucose is too high and you know you're fat adapted and you're on keto, either one, find a new doctor that understands it, or two, the, the A1C will be accurate. You, you see people that are fat adapted that have a very low A1C because that 90 or 100 is their highest number. It goes lower and lower throughout the day. So when we do a 90-day average, which is what the A1C is, we'll see that there's no way you're going to be considered diabetic based on your A1C. Yeah, as well as showing like logs, if you log it and, and that kind of stuff. It, hey, have you ever gotten your fasting insulin checked? I have not. And they talked about that. in the, mm -hmm. One of the five things... Um, was something from Jason Fung who talks a lot about this mm -hmm. and does a um, blood sugar to insulin ratio. And he says, mm -hmm. that's the number you would really want to go by. 
And unfortunately, it's just you can't get your blood insulin or your yeah your blood insulin easily. You know, it's not just a, mm-hmm. a finger in a meter. You've got to have a lab do it. That would be very interesting if we could get an easy test for blood insulin. Yeah, yeah. And I meant to do that because they say you have to ask for it. And last time I went to just because it was cool. I did, you know, test kind of like that guy did. Like he laid in the parking lot and tested my blood sugar with my meter right before getting it at fasting blood sugar, um, uh, blood drawn. And I meant to ask about the insulin because I would just like to see what that was and to learn about it more and how it correlated and completely forgot to do that. But I, that's always been in the back of my mind, something I'd like to get done. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you mentioned if you log it, that that's another great way, you know, if you're logging your blood sugar throughout the day. And we have, you know, the Dario meter, which after testing a ton of meters, blood glucose meters, the Dario is the one I absolutely love. It, it's drop dead simple. It works with your smartphone. You could carry it. It's, you know, really small and everything you need is right in the device itself Mm -hmm. and it makes it first off it logs on your smartphone all of your Mm -hmm. records and really easy to share them so when you and I are working with somebody two-on-one if they're using the Dario it's really easy for them to share their results one of the things um, that I'd like to start doing is just like we read oil samples on the air, we read business reports on the air, we read fit tests, we read the NutriQs. Um, if people wanted to share blood sugar logs over time, you know, one reading normally doesn't tell me a lot, but if we have, you know, some history where they've been testing once or twice a day or every couple of days and they wanted to share that with us, we would do those right on the air as well and help people understand where their blood sugar numbers are. And the, the other awesome thing about the Dario, we have it in our store, the whole kit, everything to get you started, I think is less than $40. Yeah, it's amazing. And I like how, cause that's the kind of stuff we want to see too. You can put in, um, if it's a pre-meal, if it's after exercise, if you've eaten, you can, you can ha- add how many carbs were in that meal. So then you can see how your sugar reacts to it. It's just really a great, um, great device. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're over at the store, I, I'm going to do one more thing uh, because I've had a lot of questions about this course. We have had so many people sign up for this course, our keto course um, mm-hmm. that we released a, a month or so ago. We're, we're going to uh, offer a discount only for people that listen to this show, this episode, maybe the next episode too. We're not going to put this out anywhere else. This is a a $10 off just for our loyal listeners on this show. So our keto course, which covers everything from start to finish, how to get started on keto, what to eat, what not to eat, how to measure things, the problems you're going to run into and how to get past them. I mean, it's really loaded with a lot of information. It's normally $29. Grab something to write with and I am going to give you a coupon code. Now, you have to enter this coupon code when you sign up, right at checkout. And it's going to be $10 off, so you're going to get the keto course for $19. And the coupon code is HEALTHY, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y, HEALTHY. And uh, you'll get $10 off that course. The whole keto course will only be $19. And again, you're not going to see or hear that one anywhere else. Oh, I almost forgot. I only have 25 of those coupon codes by the way so oh. when you hear this yeah 
Um, you know, mm -hmm. we have a lot of people signing up at the full $29 price. So I, I wanted to give some people who were really interested in a chance to get $10 off, but there's only 25 of them. So get on that pretty quick. All of that, you can find everything at the website, the links to the courses, the Dario, all the other stuff we talk about. Uh, what do you say we get to some phone calls? Anything else on your mind this week? Um, just wanted to add, if when people go to buy the course, the coupon code is actually right at the top. A lot of people miss it, and, and it's right under where it says paid course keto, and it says add coupon. And so the box is kind of um, – Hard to see if you click on that add coupon, then you can then it'll open up a box that you can input input that in. So, got it. Um, easy to find. Um, now I just wanted to share real quick. Um, you know, this past weekend was I, I I love Ironman. It was the World Championship, which Jeff and I were so lucky to be at two years ago. Um, so Kona was going on on Saturday, and I'm just in awe of the athletes and so forth. And so really cool story that the guy who placed second, um, second overall, his name's Lionel Sanders, and he's from Harrow, if I pronounce that right, H-A-R-R-O-W, um, Canada. And um, he actually, in 2000, he was coming out of high school, he got into drugs and alcohol, was an athlete, um, you know, and then that sort of affected his life where, you know, he wasn't making teams and that made it worse. He, he shared where he, um, I mean, his was, uh, you know, started with pot and alcohol and then went to cocaine. And he actually was at a party. He couldn't, couldn't look himself in the mirror when he brushed his teeth because he was so, so ashamed of himself. This addiction had taken over his life. And um, he was at a party, he said one time he chose not to do anything and just sit and watch people. And he didn't realize that that's who he had become. And the next morning, and he said, he'll never forget the date. It was November 5th, 2009. He decided to go out for a run and he went and ran every day for a month. And after that, he decided he just took the jump. He borrowed $650 from his mom and signed up for Ironman Louisville um, in 2010 and did that. And here we are just seven years later, wow. second in the world, second in the world. <laughs> That is incredible. Well, there's the music. Yeah. We've uh, gone through another segment. Let me get to a break. We'll come right back. We're going to get to your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Kim, you know, as you were telling that story, the, the biggest lesson I got out of that, mm-hmm. um, we know how much damage drugs do to the body. It is horrendous. Um, you know, there, there are no old drug addicts. They, they either quit and clean mm-hmm. up or they die um, mm-hmm. because drugs are incredibly destructive when you use them, you know, long term chronically like that and yet this points out how amazing our body is that Mm -hmm. after doing that kind of damage he was able to reach this level and i don't think most people understand what level you know we're talking about to be Uh second in the world in that kind of an event Mm -hmm. yeah it's insane and it just i just thought of you know just you know all of us probably all deal with uh, some sort of addiction in some way, whether it's addicted to exercise or addicted to, you know, different things that are, we're drawn to the most. Um, but, but what he did was he replaced it with something good, you know, instead of just trying to quit or something like that. So, and also went big, <laughs> you know, went bigger really than big. what he would ever think possible. Yeah. So, you know, I just thought of all of our tribe too. Like if there's something, you know, people are so hard on health and so hard on business and work. If there's something you really like, you know, you need to let go of and, and want to let go of, find something big that you might not think you'd ever be able to accomplish and, and go for that and work for it and and do what you can, you know, to replace what that is you're trying to, um, to get rid of. And, And it's just really cool to, to see what, what can happen if you let yourself. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the lesson for our listeners is, you know, many of us have, have lived four and five decades of eating all the wrong foods. And now we have all the conditions that to show for it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it can frustrating. You think, well, look, you know, I've done so much damage. There's no fixing it. Don't ever think that the human body is absolutely amazing and, you know, this might be an extreme example of it, but that should be encouraging for all of us that no matter how sick we are, we can fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really, truly hopeful. Um, hey, one more thing. That article that you sure. posted that was so good about the glucose levels, um, it really hit me, too, about the one nurse that posted um, about the effects that you know, she had wore that 24-hour meter and the biggest thing she saw was how stress affected her um, glucose levels and how sleep affected, you know, sleep and your know, lack of sleep and then the stress on your body. And then what that did to affect her glucose. And that was the number one she, thing she did was focus on um, quality sleep and redu- doing everything she t- could to reduce stress. And we talk about that I'm, a lot. That was really but so true. I'm so glad you brought that up because I just forgot to put that in my notes. That was the other mm-hmm. part of that. Article. And it was kind of in the back of my mind, like there's something else I wanted to say. Yeah. And I couldn't it in my notes. That was awesome. She wore one of the continuous glucose monitors. Mm-hmm. So she was able to really pinpoint what really affect. We know food affects it. We've talked about stress and sleep. It's just hard to get those readings. But these monitors literally check your mm-hmm. blood sugar every five. 10 minutes, I think. So yeah, yeah, she was able to see and it was crazy how, you know, her blood sugar was very, very normal because of the way she ate, but what sleep and stress did to it. So that's why I've been spending so much time. And I guess since we jumped on that topic, I'll uh, 
give an update that I was pretty excited about. Uh, I've been working a lot on the stress, the sleep. We talked about the heart rate variability. Um, the, the device I'm using for sleep now, sleep tracking, I use a couple, but the one I'm primarily counting on now, actually, I think I told you this before, was developed by Sami Inkinen. We had him on the show. He's a world champion triathlete, and he developed a sleep tracker. And it's mm-hmm. it, literally, it's a mat that lays under your sheet. So your body's in contact with it and it measures respiration and heart rate and your sleep quality. And it's kind of an interesting, I, I like the results because they have one thing called sleep efficiency. And what sleep efficiency measures is a couple things. How long did it take you to fall asleep? And believe it or not, falling asleep really quickly like within a minute or a couple minutes is not a good thing. They say it should take anywhere up to about 15 minutes to fall asleep. That's actually a sign of a healthier sleep cycle. That if you fall asleep the minute you hit the bed, you're probably sleep deprived. So it's not necessarily a good thing. So it measures you know, how long it took you to fall asleep, um, how many times you woke up, if you got out of bed. Um, there are a couple other things. But it, the sleep efficiency part of it is separate from your overall sleep score, which is what all the other devices use, because the one big factor they put into sleep score is how long did you sleep? So there can be nights where your sleep efficiency was really good. I just had one of these the other day, but it, it was one of those where I just got to bed late and I wanted to get up early and work. So I only got like five hours of sleep. So my score was awful, but my sleep efficiency was actually 100%. And I I actually had 100% three nights in a row. And one of those nights, um, after two nights of not enough sleep, I actually have had my highest sleep score ever, 96. Um, Everything was just right. I was exhausted. I walked about six miles that day, worked a lot, ate right got to bed on time, took a bath, you know, did all the stuff you should do. And it works. I've also been using those two sleep devices for about a month now. And they claim that those will improve your sleep cycle over time. And it all seems to be working. That's really neat. That's really, neat. yeah, I've, I've enjoyed that heart rate variability. It's, and that's one of the things I make sure I wear it at night to kind of get a gauge on sleep too, and just learn more about that. But, yeah. yeah so, neat. The testing on all that continues, and uh, sometime <laughs> by the end of the year, I hope to have some sort of a workable protocol on that. Let's get to some calls. Let's go to Indiana. Tim, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin, for having me on. Um, appreciate everything you guys do for us out here. Um, I have an issue with my blood. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, what can we help you with today? Uh I have an issue with my blood pressure. I went in to get my physical in uh, September, and I failed my blood pressure um, rating. And so she gave me a one-month certificate and a bottle of lisinopril, a prescription for lisinopril. Curious as to what that does and also what I need to do because it runs out, like I said, in one month. Well, a couple days now. Um but I need to do, you know, find out something short-term to get through that and then long-term to maintain it. 
Yeah, I believe lisinopril is an ACE inhibitor. A lot of times, is this your first time ever showing up for high blood pressure? Yes, sir. Total surprise. Well, I mean, I've had some some questionable ones. Two years or the previous one, uh, you know, they left me take a couple minute break, you know, take a nap, whatever, and come back, and it was okay. But that was the first indication that I've ever had of anything, any problems. You know, normally the first drug of choice for uh, high blood pressure is a diuretic, which is fairly um, benign. You know, they, they don't create any horrible side effects. I'm not wild about them um, because right. they can lead to dehydration. That, that's the whole point of them to try. Because all they're really doing is getting water out of your bloodstream so that there's less volume of blood so the pressure goes down. But that hasn't addressed the root cause. What ACE inhibitors do, ACE inhibitors block that whole channel and the way they're blocking it actually causes the blood vessels to relax. But it's it's kind of like, you know, any, and a lot of drugs work by blocking things. That's a really bad idea because when we block those pathways and those mechanisms, they're there for a reason. So, you know, I'm not a fan of these. We have found that blood pressure is one of the things that absolutely normalizes every time somebody eats right and lives right. There's no big secret to this. There's no big trick. Virtually everybody that's been on keto long enough or, or low carb and is eating good, clean food, their blood pressure goes down. Uh, quite a bit. And then when we get them within that range, maybe they're 10 or 15 points too high, then it's usually some lifestyle stuff. You know, the whole stress issues. So some meditation, some exercise, you know, doesn't have to be really strenuous. But this is really a, a diet and lifestyle disease. Let me get to a break. I'll come back. I want to make sure that that helped with your questions. We'll do that right after this break. Stick around. Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. 
we were talking with Tim in Indiana about blood pressure. So, um, Tim, again, we've worked with a lot of people on this, and it's just one of those things. We very seldom ever address blood sugar or blood pressure directly. We just do all the things we normally do: the NutriQ, you right. know, work on digestion, go low carb. We do all those things and eat, you know, the best quality food we can find. Blood pressure always comes down. Then if we need to address it, it's because of those last 10 or 15 points, and it's almost always stress, and, and it's not really hard to overcome that. So we have lots of people now. I'm one of them, uh, and, and I had what was considered low blood pressure all my life till I was about 40, and then it started to creep up normal, and then in my 50s, it started to show up about 10 points high. And after, you know, three years of eating this way, it is just really, really good right now. I tend to be in the 105 over 70 range most of the time now. Wow. <laughs> Lowest I've seen since I realized this. I, I bought myself a monitor. Uh at my doctor's suggestion. Uh, lowest I've seen is like 126. Um, and okay. I don't even remember what the bottom number is. They say that the minimum or the maximum the DOT is 140. And when this first came up, I was in the 155 range. So not a huge way to go, you know, drop down, I guess. But uh, that monitor certainly, you know, helps me keep track of it. I bought the book Keto Clarity. I have that. I haven't started it yet. Um, what about taking turmeric, cucurum, something like that? Cur cur yeah, cur curcumin. Called. So here's the thing. Yeah, that. <laughs> you can Google all kinds of foods and supplements that'll lower blood pressure. What I've found is if that's all you do, like if you're still doing all the same things you used to do and you can load up on cinnamon and turmeric and all the other things, it does nothing. It, you won't right. even see a five point drop. But if right. you- well, I'm committed. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you're Sorry. eating correctly, then you add some of those things. Like I put cinnamon in my Bulletproof coffee virtually every day and cinnamon can help lower blood pressure. If you're eating right, okay. then you- the extra bonus from those. And I think that's why mine stays down in that 100, 105 over 70 range. But I, I tried right. all those things before eating right. They did absolutely nothing. I see. Well, like I said, I'm committed to this. Uh, I remember when you first started into your, your health uh, programs that you said, you know, you spent all these years and all this time and effort on uh, teaching people how to save money and become more profitable in the trucking business. And then it's like, uh, well, you saved all that money, but if you don't have your health, what good is it? Because you can't enjoy it. So that always yeah. stuck with me. And uh, you say I'm committed to, to make the changes. I mean, uh, but like, I just need like <laughs> a short-term fix to get this extension. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to, you know, do the healthy eating and everything, but I just need to get through this. Well, it's, it's due on the 22nd, so I'm down to a matter of days here. Uh, yeah, and I don't, know, you know, I don't know how much he's going to give me when I go back for that, but hopefully yeah. at least one so, year. I, I'll tell you one of the things I'm going to do. You said you bought the book Keto Clarity. Um, I, I'm going to yes, put sir. you on hold 
and I am going to give you, we did the $10 off coupon for 25 people. I, I'm going to give you the keto course free. I, I want you to go through it because that clearly is the single biggest thing you could do um, to affect this. And it can actually have an effect in a very short period of time. So um, I will have Bridget get your information and we will send you out a coupon code. I can't say it now because then anybody can use it, but uh, we'll get that done and we'll get it over to you. So uh, Bridget, if you could, yep, she's got it. She's on top of things. Thank you for that. Let's go to Virginia. Rebecca, welcome to the program. Hey, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, my husband actually asked me to call in and, and ask a question. Um, he's been doing the Bulletproof Hot Chocolate and I just happened to be looking at it and noticed that per serving, it's got 14 grams of carbs in it. And I know he doesn't use all of it. He probably doesn't even use half of that. But still, 7 grams seems kind of high when he's trying to stay at 20 or below. You would be correct. Yeah, you, you would be correct. And, and I'm glad that you're watching those kind of numbers. I, I, I'm trying to um, actually pull up the label right now because I... I know the answer to this. I just want to make sure I'm giving you the right numbers. Um, I thought we had a label on that somewhere that I could see. Uh, Let me go grab it from the, the site. Yeah, I don't think it's on our site. I'll go grab it from the other. Yeah, see, here's what, it, and I haven't looked at that label in a while, but here's what I'm going to guess. The sweetener that's used in there and, and what's driving the overall, the total carb number up is xylitol. And xylitol is what's called the sugar alcohol. So technically it has carbs, but our body can't digest it. That now our gut bacteria can, which is actually a good thing, but our body can't digest it. So it can't extract those carbs out of it. And that therefore doesn't affect our sugar and it doesn't affect our insulin, which is really what we're concerned about. Anything that would spike our insulin and sugar alcohols don't. So this is part of that. If you've ever heard of the concept of net carbs. So in net carbs, yeah. most foods, we would take total carbs minus fiber. But if a food has a sugar alcohol in it, then you take total carbs minus fiber minus sugar alcohols and you'll come up with your net carbs. So that's actually what I'm looking for because I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Um, if sugar Kim can find that. 10 grams. 10 grams. And is there, there mm -hmm. should be a little bit of fiber in there too, right? Um, two. Yeah. So two so we have 12 grams of carbs that don't affect insulin at all. And what was the total, 14? Yes. In a full serving. Okay. So in, right, yeah, in, in a, a full, full serving. serving of that, um, you're really only getting two grams of net carbs. Oh, that will make him happy. <laughs> Good. Good. It makes me happy oh. because I do not do bulletproof coffee without the bulletproof hot chocolate. I love that stuff. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. That was a great question, uh -huh, Kim. Yeah. Mm -hmm, sure was. I brought that up because we have a lot of people that uh, we had somebody the other day ordered 12 of them when they got back in stock. They they, they don't ship the, the bulletproof hot chocolate mm, over the yeah. summer. So 
out of it in the store all summer. And it's back in stock now. So if you've been missing out on your bulletproof hot chocolate, head on over to the store and get it. Let's yeah, uh, maybe let's we get can to... add that. I'm sorry. Maybe we can, Go I'm going to make a note. Maybe we can add that to the front page to the product um, yeah, information. Just so to, mm-hmm. Yep. Good idea. Let's go to Illinois. David, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Tim and Kevin, for taking my call. Um, I got some uh, lymph nodes swelling up, and I didn't know if there was anything that I'm doing on my diet that maybe would cause that. Usually that's a, a immune response or, you know, an infection response, right? Correct. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. A- anytime we get swelling in the lymph nodes, the body is probably overwhelmed with either an infection or a toxin can do it as well. Right. And sometimes it's the food sensitivity that does it. Um, have you taken our nutrients? Yeah, that's what I was kind of, I, I was just talking to Bridget about that because I was, couldn't remember what I was waiting on. And now I remember I'm supposed to go back and look for an email. Okay. For it to yeah, come back. The, I, I punched in all the information and I was waiting. I was like, okay. What do I do next? And I, now I just remembered I have to go back and look for my emails to see if I got the email for that. Yeah. Um, uh, she also, you also mentioned the Willpower app. Did you mention the name of it? Because we went on to Bridget, so I couldn't. Should I? You know, it. it I, I'm not really. I don't want to put it out there yet because I'm still in testing on this, and I'm actually testing about four different apps and a couple different devices. And if I say it, people run out and get it. And and I'm not, I don't want them to do that yet. And that's why I say I'm hoping by the end of the year, I have a protocol in place that I could recommend. It's just, this is so far health wise, this is by far the most um, in-depth, complicated testing. And And it's actually around a couple different things. It's around willpower, sleep, um, adrenal fatigue, stress. They're all so interrelated that I'm doing uh, a lot of testing on that. David, I'll tell you why. I, I, I don't think I answered your question completely. So we're going to bring you back on another show. I'm all out of time today, but we will bring you back. And I want to address this and make sure we get you uh, a satisfactory answer. We'll be No, we won't be right back. We've got to get out of here. We'll see you next time. This is Destination Health. Thanks to Kim and all the callers. We'll see you next time. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. All right, everybody, let me uh, check questions here. Um, We've got a lot of callers on the line, but it looks like we've got some room for questions. So now is your chance. We're going to get started on another segment, and uh, I'll just keep going until I get to your questions. So if you jump in right now, press 1 on your phone. We will get to you. Here we go. Your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. 
This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. Food, fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, sleep, stress, exercise, training, drugs, supplements, disease, you name it. We will talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. We're going to get to those questions in just a little bit. Kim, welcome back. Hi, Kevin. So a uh, couple things I want to talk about, and then we're going to get to uh, some calls and see how many we can get to this week. Um, again, I, I posted this on my website or my page on Facebook and also in Destination Health. I've talked about this before, but new statistics are out again. And I, I want to talk about, you know, how we perceive dangers and, and how statistics can be so misleading and how we're not really paying attention to the stuff that's really important. We pay attention to the stuff that seems to be urgent and what the media puts right in front of us. And we are so surrounded by media, and I don't think most people realize how much they are influenced by it. So one of the numbers I want to talk about, this isn't the main point, but this number just came out. Um, Kim, you and I grew up in kind of the Vietnam era, right? I mean, I wasn't old enough mm -hmm. to go to Vietnam, but I had I had two brothers who were there. Both of them, fortunately, came back, and you know they were healthy when they came back. Um, I did have a cousin who was killed in Vietnam. Um, you know, and I I remember for a long, long time we heard all the numbers, and I think the rough number that they use is like fifty thousand Americans lost their lives in Vietnam, and that was all, over almost a decade. That is a lot of people, and that's why that number was put out all the time. And we talked about it for, you don't see it much anymore because we've had other wars. But I, I remember all the talk about Vietnam and, and how it affected, you know, almost every family had, had some, you know, connection to that. So that was 50,000 over the course of the entire war that lost their life. Last year, 62,000 people died from opioid overdose. Oh my goodness. And I bet 62,000 people and we're just barely hearing about it in the media once in a while. Mm -hmm. Why mm -hmm. is why is there an outrage about this? You know, I, I, I am not trying to minimize any way that anybody dies. Anytime you lose your life, it's horrible. But we're, we're, you know, there's this huge controversy right now about gun control. Well, your odds of dying, and I'm going to get to another statistic that's even worse. So, but, but the opioid thing, it got a change. And it was a big pharmaceutical company that started this. It, they pushed their opioids so hard everywhere that they pushed a drug that was only used for end of life terminal patients who were in pain so severe that they thought, who cares if they get addicted to this? We're going to make them comfortable. They're going to die. That was the only time these kind of drugs were used. And then the pharmaceutical companies pushed to get them to be used for almost any pain. 
you know, you get a tooth pulled, oh, we'll give you an opioid. Your back hurts, we'll give you an opioid. And they are incredibly addictive. And now we have 62,000 people die in one year. One year. It's oh. terrible. The other I don't... statistic that I... Act... Oh, go ahead. No, I just... It's... It feels helpless sometimes, but it just, I mean, maybe it is just all of us just be all up in arms and, and to make this happen, that that gets addressed more because um, it almost feels helpless. Like it's, it's like this, this tidal wave because we're seeing, you know, in all communities. It, it is horrendous. And that's, that's one part of how the medical community, and I'm going to put this on the medical community because I've seen statistics like even though a lot of these people die of a heroin overdose, eight out of 10, eight out of 10 heroin users today started on a prescribed opioid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They end up on heroin because it's cheap and easy to get and that's what kills them. But that, that isn't how they got started. So here's another number. So that was 62,000. Remember, 50,000 over all the years of the Vietnam War. 62,000 in one year from opioids. This, this statistic is even more scary. Preventable medical errors. Preventable being the key word here. Preventable medical errors. Somebody in the medical community made a mistake and because of that mistake, somebody died. Now, it could be something like prescribing a drug that interacted with another drug you were already taking, which should never happen. But th- those kind of things, surgery's gone wrong, infection, you know, while you were in a hospital, all of these types of preventable medical errors, the number of deaths, almost 250,000 a year. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. It is the third leading cause of death after heart disease and cancer. Heart disease and cancer are number one and two. Three is mistakes, medical mistakes. Wow. And you don't even see that listed. Do you see that listed when they put that out? I don't think so. No, not, not yeah. it, it's no, but, but I've verified these numbers. I've gone, cause right, I don't just, right, right. Trust you know, this isn't something I saw on Facebook. This is something I have, you know, gone back and done all the research, verified these numbers, 200 and almost, it wasn't quite 250,000 people year after year after year. So just another reason to get yourself as healthy as possible so you don't have to even encounter that. (laughs) You do not want to get into the system. This is a big reason why I warn people against all of the medical screenings. Look, if you have a symptom, you know, I would much prefer you go to a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor. If you have a symptom, go get it checked out. If there are symptoms and you need to test, then go test. But in my opinion, I think the medical screenings are criminal. They're, they're looking for disease where there's no symptom. It's just a, a, a random hunt to try to find something they can charge you for. It's a big money grab is all it is. I, I am completely against medical screenings. And boy, can you piss some people off when you say that. Yeah, yeah. But get, your think- so, get some thinking. I was, you know, at first when you started 
talking about it and stuff too, I was like, you know, because it's just something we, we always feel like you do every year for certain things, but at right. least you made a stop and sit back and question and, and look at it a little deeper instead of just accepting it. Yeah. Just go read both sides of the story. You know, there are plenty mm-hmm. of really, really good books written by doctors and people who understand the system, highly credentialed doctors that will tell you the screening system is a disaster. Um, so read both sides and then make up your mind. I've clearly made up mine. If, if there are no symptoms, they are not testing anything. I'm not doing colonoscopies. I'm not doing scans. I'm not doing none of it. it, it, it I'm just going to live as healthy as I can possibly live. You know, I'm just going to do all the things I know that keep us healthy. So the the real lesson here, Kim, and you said it, do whatever you have to do to stay out of the medical system completely. Take control of your own health and get healthy enough that you don't have to end up in the doctor's office or the hospital or or any of those places. So the, to get started on that, you know, we love the NutriQ. How many are we up to now? Have you looked lately? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's over 2,000. 2,000 people. Yeah. We have, yeah, that is awesome. I absolutely love that. We give the NutriQ free, by the way. Um, it, it, it is a, uh, a tool we use to diagnose where you are right now in your current health, and it breaks your body down by systems, your digestive system, your blood sugar handling, hormones and adrenals, um, heart disease or heart health, um, immune Uh, How strong is your immune system? And it's really just a bunch of questions about how you feel. Symptoms, you know, it's some of the questions seem really bizarre when you read them. But every single question on here tells us something about your health. And, And again, we offer this completely free and we can't review all 2000 of them. Um, but one of the things we do is if you take the free NutriQ and you get in on the show with us, we'll go over the NutriQ and give you some recommendations. Kim, when you and I do our two-on-ones, this is the start. This is always where we start. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and um, it does tell show so much and we deal with people kind of like what you're backing up to what you're saying about the medical system, getting in the system we deal with a lot of people that are on medications that a lot of times it's just been built one on top of another after another, after another. Um, and first thing we talk about is, is nutrition and diet and how it can fix so much. So don't give up hope. You know, if you're starting square one, fill out that nature cue and, um, you know, call us on the show and let us know how we can help get you on that path. Absolutely. Go to the website, letstruck.com, and you will find the application or the request for the NutriQ right under the health plans tab. We'll be right back. We're going to get to your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Um, Kim, there, there is uh, one other thing I want to get to. On the last show, um, we have our keto course. So we, we always talk about the NutriCube being kind of the first step so we see exactly where you are. But because we deal with so many people who want to lose weight, um, have high blood sugar, may even be um, diabetic or pre-diabetic, all, all of the typical problems we see our go-to therapeutic diet, the one we always start with, is keto. It just works so well. There's so much evidence. We've had such good results with it. So we built a course all about keto, how to get started, what you can eat, what you shouldn't eat, how to measure things, everything you need to know. Another important one, all the things that could end up blocking your results at some point and how to overcome them. So all of those things are covered in the course. Normally, it's $29. It's an online course. Um, you can even take it on a phone. It, it actually works pretty well on a phone. Um, we normally charge $29 for it. On the last show, we offered a $10 off coupon code, so you could do the whole course for $19. And I said I was going to do 25 of them, and they went so fast, I'm going to do 25 more. Oh. I, had, I didn't oh, awesome. think they would go so fast. So we're going to do that again. Um, so the coupon code is healthy, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y, write that down and just go to the website, letstruck.com. You can look under the university tab and you will see the courses we have available there. It's called Keto Jumpstart and we're going to give uh, another 25 people $10 off that course. And with all of our courses, this one included, I don't care if you finish the whole course, go through the entire thing. If for some reason you didn't like it, we give you a refund. I mean, I, I, I'm not here to just get your money. I'm here to get results. And if, if you, you will get results if you read and follow this course. But if for some reason you're not happy with it, just let us know. And you don't even have to tell us why. Just say, look, I want my money back. We'll, we'll give it to you. So go check it out. It's at letstruck.com. And that $10 off coupon code is healthy. Uh, Kim, what do you say we get some phone calls? Um, I need to add one more thing. Somebody shared something with me um, uh, during the show here. So on the last show, we had somebody um, dealing with blood pressure issues. And um, James, one of our fellow NTCs, he reminded me too, um, and I don't think we talked about it, that you know dehydration is epidemic across the country. It's especially for drivers too. It's an issue. So um, that can affect blood pressure and just want to make sure that, um, you know, Tim working hard to get his blood pressure in track really focuses on staying good and hydrated. Yes. Yes. That's great point. Uh, good for health all around, something we mm -hmm. should all be paying to every day. And, and, you know, since we brought it up, you know, people always ask and we've always seen the formulas, eight glasses, all that kind of stuff, this many ounces. Uh, even though the N NTA, you know, has their formula, it it's a place to start. I I'm just not big on formulas when it comes to hydration. There's way too many variables. Your activity level, the weather, the temperature, what kind of food you're eating. So for me, I, I don't count how much water and I don't try to hit any certain goal. I, I try to make sure that I do have water around and I'm sipping on it all throughout the day. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but really I just go by results. 
I mean, there are a couple quick tests. You can look at your urine if it's dark and, you know, has an odor. It, there's a good chance you might be dehydrated. It should be very light colored and, and virtually odorless. That's a, a really good, if you're urinating a lot throughout the day, it, it's probably mm -hmm. a pretty good chance that you're hydrated. If you go, and I, I was bad for this when I drove, I could drive eight or 10 hours, never stop. Um, and I realize now that's just not a good thing. Uh, and it probably meant I was dehydrated. So, you know, mm -hmm. you should be going frequently throughout the day. You should be urinating frequently. It, it, there is another test. We learned this in the uh, NTAs programs. Um, you just let your hand, like let your right hand hang down at your side. Let it relax and hang down at your side. And you can see the veins on the back of your hand. And if you push on them, they respond really well. They like bounce right back. And mm -hmm. then what you do is you bring that hand up in front of you, point, point it straight out at shoulder level, and then push on those veins again. And you will probably feel a difference. Instead of being really firm and bouncing back strong, they may feel really soft and squishy. And if they do, you're dehydrated. Hmm. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, that's part of the uh, functional in the NT. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the NTP program. So it's a nice, simple test that people can do on themselves. Uh, all right, let's get to some phone calls. Yeah. I am going to go back to a call that we had from a prior show, and I didn't feel like I gave him enough time, so we wanted to make sure. Uh, David, are you back with us? Yes. Thanks for taking my call again. You're welcome. So what has your diet been like recently? I'll remind everybody you're, you're dealing with some swollen lymph nodes, which usually means uh, infections, toxins, um, some stressor on the body. So what has your diet been like recently? Well, I've been eating clean. I've been leaving out the wheat and uh, all the bad carbs and stuff like that, the sugars and things like that, trying to stay more of a keto diet, you know, and eating more cleaner and eating more organically as much Good. as I can, you know, the grass fed butters and so on. Yeah. But I do get a I do get a blinky eye thing going on when I when I'm drinking my coffee or when I'm eating something with some cheese on even if it's grass fed, you know, from grass fed cows. Uh so I'm thinking maybe I've got an allergy to dairy now. I'm not sure. Yes, so it, it very well could be. Dairy is what we call one of our big three for food sensitivities. Grains, dairy, and eggs, believe it or not, as much as we love eggs and they are a superfood when it comes to nutrition, um, some people are very sensitive to them, especially factory farmed eggs. We don't see it as much if, if people are eating, you know, eggs that were from chickens raised the right way. Um, there's a couple ways you could approach this. This could be a short-term thing. It could be, you know, a little infection that will probably clear itself up and, and may end up being no big deal. So you may just want to wait it out a little bit. If it continues and you're eating clean, then what I would do is a food sensitivity test. We have the fit test on our website, which we absolutely love. We have helped so many people. Kim, isn't it amazing how sometimes somebody takes the fit test they don't even clean up their entire diet. They just eliminate some of the problem mm -hmm. foods we find not best and things get better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I would say if this has just happened fairly recently, you may just give it some time. It may work itself out and it may not be any big deal. I know we talked in the last show about you doing the Nutri-Q. If we see, you know, very high scores on your immune system, that may kind of verify what's going on. We may see a couple other things in there that'll kind of give us an idea what's going on. But it, it could also be one of those things where, you know, we can get a bad food, especially if we eat out, that can cause an infection. We could get a pathogen, you know, lots of ways. And that's not a big deal. I mean, those are the kind of things that make our immune system strong. That's why we have an immune system. So if it's been fairly short term, I, I might just let it go and see what happens. Right. Well, I, I've got an appointment with my doctor because it keeps coming back. So it's like over and over, you know, okay. repetitive. So he, I don't know what that, he's going to suggest, oncologist or endocrinologist, but uh, I you did know, have my thyroid uh, ablated. Yeah. Okay. Be careful that he doesn't just recommend an antibiotic. That, that a lot of doctors will, they'll look at it and say, oh, it's probably an infection. We'll give you an antibiotic. Uh, and it works. Yeah. He, but he already did. He already did that. I figured. And then I had to uh, build my, build my, yeah, I had to build my uh, bacteria back up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, the, the, the antibiotic, unless it's an acute infection, is really the last resort for me. There's so many other ways. Um, you may want to really consider the fit test then, because this may be a food reaction. Right. All right, it sounds good. I do appreciate your help and all the work that you guys do. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Good luck with that. Let's go to Minnesota. Dean, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. So I've noticed in the last, well, I've had it about six years, but not a real big deal. But in the last six months, my leg muscles have been getting just really weak. When I walk around for maybe 15 to a half hour, I got to go find a place to sit. They just start getting so weak, you know, you can't stand up or, I mean, I don't fall down at this point, but they just right. start aching so bad you have to go sit. Is that anything as simple as, yes, I don't drink a lot of water? I mean, I'm trying to do it now, trying to drink okay. like a 20-ounce each day. But Okay. Hold hold that thought. Let me, uh, let me get to a break. We'll come back, and we will address that right after this. Stick around. Kevin Rothbard.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. I want to remind everybody we're offering a, uh, a very special limited $10 off coupon for our keto course online. So the 25 of them, it'll probably go quick. But if you hear this, head on over there and try it. Uh, makes the course only $19. The coupon code is HEALTHY. H-E-A-L-T-H-Y. We're going to get back to the phones. We were talking with Dean in Minnesota. So, Dean, um, are you uh, eating keto at all or low carb? Not well, no, yes, no, but probably no mostly. I that, avoid that... bread if at all possible. Okay. Well, but... One of the things that I wanted to address is sometimes when you're kind of in between you're trying to eat keto, but you're not quite there and you get there once in a while and then you don't. If your body hasn't really learned how to go back and forth from carbs to fat as fuel, and there's nothing really wrong with moving in and out of keto, especially if you've done keto for a long time, but some people find themselves on the border. And I've experienced this once in a while when I'm going back and forth. If I've been higher carb for too long and I'm not staying in ketosis. Then as I start to go back, I do notice some muscle fatigue. It, so that could be a little part of it. I think some dehydration definitely could be a part of it. And um, mineral balance. Are you, are you taking any kind of mineral supplementation? Uh, not at this time. I did get on, get on your program um, and it worked really well, but I fell off at about two and a half weeks, but I noticed good energy and and then ever since I fell off, it's just deteriorated so bad that, I mean, I can sleep eight, 10, 12 hours and I still have all I can do to get out of bed in the morning and my legs ache or sore and weak and I just have no energy. Uh, I need to reorder and uh, get hardcore on that program again because it's actually getting me very nervous. Yeah. Um, and like I say, I think sometimes you may be kind of stuck in the middle where you, where you went keto, you were getting some results, but it wasn't enough to get your body fully fat adapted. And now you're eating lower carb. And I think that that muscle fatigue might just be a lack of fuel. Your, your, your muscles just don't know what to burn right now. There might be not be enough fat. They might not be burning the fat efficiently. If you're going low carb, you could deplete your carbs, you know, doing the, the walking. Um, so I, I would, you know, certainly if you're willing to do it, go back on the keto. And I would also recommend using the light balance every day, uh, whether you put it in water, coffee, whatever, it, you know, it's just a little salty, so it doesn't really change the taste of things. But the light balance and plenty of water We'll make sure that this isn't a uh, dehydration or mineral issue. Yeah, I did your uh, test and everything was extremely high and you wanted me or you put me on those pills to uh, get my stomach working first, you right. know, on, on that program. And the way I normally eat is I usually don't eat all day long. And mainly my foods when I go home at night will be like a chili that I, a homemade chili that I've had. Or when I go out to eat, I'll eat 99% fish. So, I mean, I'm not really eating meat other than the hamburger and the chili, you know. 
but I pretty yeah. much don't eat. You might want to increase the beef consumption, beef, beef especially, chicken and pork and turkey, those are fine, but you might want to increase the, the beef consumption. You may also be very, very deficient in B vitamins. And I'll tell you why, if you're not eating enough beef, that's our best source of B vitamins. And because you have been on PPIs, you have very low stomach acid. So my guess is you are very, very deficient in B vitamins and primarily B12. And that will definitely cause fatigue like that. Okay. I know you've got one of the bottles that vitamin D and C in it. Has that got the B also in there or not? It, it does. Yeah, that, that's a good B supplementation. I, I'd still like you to increase, you know, the beef consumption and continue with the hydrochloric acid and the enzymes, all the digestive help, because we can take all the supplements, we can eat all the beef, but if we're not digesting it properly, we could have a hard time with B12. I, I am considering bringing on another supplement from Bulletproof. Uh, I, I'm not quite ready yet, but it is loaded with B12. I mean, like crazy high amounts of B12. And there are a couple reasons to do that, um, but I, I'm not quite ready. Maybe next week on the show, I'll, I'll you know, talk about whether or not we're going to bring that particular supplement into the store or not. Um, but, but in the meantime, more beef, keep doing your digestive, make sure you're taking the light balance and getting plenty of water. And that should go a long way towards that muscle fatigue. Uh, yeah, let's get to some more calls. I have a couple of things I wanted to say on that, but we have a lot of calls. So let's go to Oklahoma. Wade, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kim. Hi there. Um, well, my first question, um, I, I bought um, your hot chocolate you finally got back in, so I was glad about that for my coffee. Uh, but the other thing I bought was uh, some of the, the bone broth. And as far as incorporates, incorporating that in your diet um it's like could you drink like a, a, a cup a day or how, how much of that can you consume a day uh to get the uh optimal uh health benefit from the uh you know, at, the bone broth at the very least when you're doing a gut healing protocol it should be at least about 12 ounces a day. Now that could be a cup that you just sip on like you would tea and it tastes amazing. Um, or it could be that you make soup with that or you make chili with it or you, you know, there's lots of different ways you could use it, but I would consume at least 12 ounces a day uh, on a gut healing protocol. There's no number that's too much. I mean, nobody's going to, to consume so much of it that it would ever cause any kind of a problem. So there's no maximum amount. But, you know, during a gut healing protocol, I would say 12 ounces a day. And then after kind of a maintenance would be 12 ounces, maybe a couple times a week would be okay. Okay. And what's considered, a, if you we're trying to do like a, a protocol uh, for some gut healing, uh, is that 30 days or... Yeah, we have a, uh, we actually have a full-blown gut healing kit. So we put all the things together in one kit so you don't have to try to figure out what you're supposed to do. 
Um, and the bone broth kits that we have are part of it. So you can make your own bone broth right in the truck. Um, we sell it two ways as a two week kit and as a, a 30 day kit because leaky gut causes so many other issues and we don't even know we have it. I really recommend the 30 days. Okay. All right. That'll work. And as far as making it, you said you can, you can just put it in like a, a crock pot uh, or a pressure yeah, the, cooker to, to make it. Yeah. The kits we have in the store are amazing. It, it's actually all the ingredients come in a bag, a, a, a like a cheesecloth muslin bag and it's got the roasted bones. So that's one step you don't have to, well, one, one, they're all grass fed bones. So you don't have to go find grass fed bones. They're pre roasted, which makes amazing broth. So you don't have to do that step. They're put in the bag and then the, the seasonings and the herbs, and they were actually created by a Chinese herbalist. So it's got, you know, all these synergistic herbs in there. And all you do literally is either put the bag and water in a crock pot and let it go 24 hours, or you can put it in a pressure cooker, something like the instant pot and do it in just three hours. And it makes just amazing oh broth. Yeah. Um, and then what, within that broth, uh, one thing I thought about, and I didn't know if it would get the effects that I want, but I've talked to you about, you know, problems sleeping and, and uh, getting hungry in the middle of the night. If I drank some of that before I, I went to bed, uh, since there's so many nutritional properties to it, would would that maybe help with my um, hunger in, in the middle of the night uh, and maybe help sleep better, possibly? Yeah. Have Have you taken our NutriQ? Yes. Okay, did you score pretty high on blood sugar control? Um, wasn't I will let you know. Super high. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I don't remember. Kim's, Kim's yeah. going to look it up while we're at the break. Um, I'm going to get to a break. We'll come right back. We'll talk about that. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're down to the uh, 
final segment, we're going to get back to uh, make sure I go back to Wade. Wade, did we get everything? Oh, no, I was going to look at your NutriQ. That, I was looking at it and got off track. Uh, Kim pulled it up for me. Um, yeah, sugar handling is actually your second highest on the chart. And that's a, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, waking up hungry is usually a blood sugar issue. So the bone broth would actually be a good thing to do before bed. It's very, very high in protein. I would even add some carbs to that. So I'll tell you what I might do before I went to bed was drink a cup of bone broth and eat like one serving of monkey brittle. So then you're getting good protein, good fats, and just enough carbs that it might keep your blood sugar steadier throughout the night and you won't wake up. Okay. What's another substitute? Because like this last go around, I, I, I made an order and sometimes it's tricky to get the monkey brittle. Um, I'll, I'll give you a quick heads up. Um, it should hit the store again tomorrow. And because okay. we're not on the air tomorrow, it won't get announced till Saturday. So the people that okay. are listening to the show will get the first shot at monkey brittle tomorrow. We're waiting for a batch to get, but, but just in case you could do something like an apple and nut butter is another along with your bone broth. So, um, that's what I usually do at night. It's either monkey brittle or we have the uh, fat bomb macadamia nut butters in the store. So I'll do an apple and nut butter. Um, and, and if you're worried about blood sugar, you might want to do a half of an apple um, or a half of a banana and nut butter, um, you know, some berries and whipped cream. We want to get, you know, a, a good balance of primarily protein and fat with enough carbs to kind of get us through the night. Right. Okay. And it's been a little bit. Oh, I'm, I'm on you, some of the stuff. Uh, what? Kim had a really good idea. Thank you, Kim. Um, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was playing it safe because if it wasn't a good idea, I was putting it out oh, Kim had a really good idea. She sent it to me in a text message. You could put uh, like a tablespoon of brain octane and a little bit of honey in the bone broth. And, and that would, and then just the bone broth itself would give you tons of good protein. The brain octane will give you amazing fat and a little bit of honey will give you the carbs in there. That would be a great way to, to kind of finish off oh, the night Oh, that'd be easy. Too. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And uh, yeah. as soon as I get here in another week or two, I'm going to retest because um, I've only done it once and, uh, and have you look at it uh, again. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's uh, let's head off to Michigan. Sarah and Vic, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I was just wondering. You know, on the road, the water that we have access to is basically bottled water. Um, and I was just thinking the other day, talking to a friend of ours about filtering i used to have a brita filter in the fridge in our volvo but then we got this freight liner and there's not enough room for the pitcher to fit so i just we didn't have it and we're like well bottled waters in plastic bottles and pcbs and is there a filter that we could use that takes the out of the water no um 
not that kind of I'm, the the best filter I found on the market is actually the uh, zero water. That filter is just amazing. Um, the Brit is a two stage and doesn't get rid of dissolved solids. The zero water is a mm -hmm. five state and you run water one through at one time, zero dissolved solids. So it's just an amazing filter, but I don't, you know, there, there's a question about whether the PCBs and the BPA and all those things can leach out or not. Um, but I don't believe there's any way we could filter those. I'd have to do um, some more research on that. Um, but the, if okay. you're looking for a good pitcher style of filter, um, then the, the zero water is the best one I've found. Okay, because we've been using um, distilled water to make to try and make That's sure there's no chlorine and fluoride in the water, and then we add in uh, about a tablespoon of um, mineral salts. Okay, Cause, yeah, distilled yeah. water is a really bad idea, um, but if you're putting the minerals back into it, then it's okay. Um, but we don't want to drink just distilled water; it's actually really bad for us. Um, yeah, I, I again. I'll do some research on, you know, is there any, you know, detectable levels of those kind of things in bottled water or not? And if so, is there any way to get it out? Because I'm just not sure. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. And then here's a quick hack for fermenting on the road that uh, Daniel actually came up with. You know, I have a little glass round that I use to hold my stuff down, but, you know, the truck shaking as you're going down the road, stuff comes up around that. He had a great yeah. idea. On top of your um, cabbage leaf, get a package of those glass river stones from the craft department, and they spread out and hold the whole leaf down and sit inside the whole jar. Ah, that's an interesting idea. Excellent. That way, we love those. Yeah, and, and then my my grandma used, to, instead of a cabbage leaf on top, she used to put grape leaves on top of the pickles. She says the, it adds a great flavor. And that's all I had for oh, today. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll bet it does. Well, good stuff. Thanks for that. Let's see. Let's get to another call here. Let's go to Iowa. Gary, welcome to the program. Oh, caught me with a mouthful of food. Um, oh, that's my mom's on... <laughs> My mom's on metformin. What does metformin actually do? So metformin, I think earlier in this show, I was talking about how how many, many drugs on the market actually block certain things that are supposed to be happening in our body. And metformin is one of those. It actually blocks the... Um, the liver from producing and releasing glucose. So it, it's not an insulin. It, it's so it, it's stopping the body, primarily the liver, from producing as much glucose. Because a lot of the glucose that we use in our body is actually created or, or converted in our liver, and metformin blocks that pathway. The problem is we never block just one thing. It's like statins block the liver from producing cholesterol, but that same pathway is used for CoQ10. And we absolutely need CoQ10, and yet the, the drugs that you're taking for supposedly for heart health are blocking CoQ10, which is the most critical nutrient for our heart. So 
it's, it's why there really are no drugs on the market that make you healthier. They make you sicker. They just cover up symptoms. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it's controlling blood sugar, but it's doing it at a, at, at a cost. Okay, yeah, because she, um, she likes to eat her, you know, her uh, comfort foods once in a great while. She's got her number, you know, when, when I had, I called in, this was a few months ago, about having her, you gave her two book recommendations, and one was the Blood Sugar 101, what they don't tell yeah. you about uh, diabetes, and the other one was Eat Fat, Get Thin. She read both of the books. Before she even got halfway done with the, the Blood Sugar book, uh, she had brought, brought her numbers from 300 down to uh, 97, whatever. Wow. And so she's been doing good, doing great with that. But she's also she's on the metformin, and she won't get rid of it. <laughs> Even though she's well, got her numbers, her numbers are down right where, right where they they should be. They have been down there for quite a while. But she just likes to have her ice cream once in a while. She likes to have her potatoes once in a while. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it, it would, you know, she could find, you know, maybe a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor that could make her more comfortable about, you know, working off of the metformin. Um, if she did that much work and got her numbers down that low, it would be worth seeing what her numbers are without it. Um, but it, it's one of those cases where I, I would recommend that she works with a practitioner while she's doing it. Uh, but metformin is one of the, the, the drugs that's a little easier to quit. It's not an insulin, and it works very different than insulin, and, and it's a, a little less of a problem. So we, we don't, I don't even worry about somebody going hardcore keto when they're on metformin because it doesn't cause low blood sugar the way a lot of the other diabetic drugs can. Um, but it, it, you're, you're just always better off not taking drugs and it seems like she's already done the hard work. So maybe you could encourage her to find a, a naturopath or a functional medicine doctor and, and, uh, take advantage of the fact that she has worked so hard at this. An occasional treat every now and then is just not going to be a big deal. All right. We are all out of time. Thanks for joining me, and we will see you next time. This is Destination Health. Thanks to Kim Cockerham, my co-host. Thanks to all the callers. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Thanks for tuning in to the Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.